Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part-time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm your host, Rebecca Whitman. We are taking you from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. And we're coming to you live from the Bold Brave TV network. We have a very special episode of the show today. It's all about love, relationships, how to be happy in relationships. And this is so important because Love is one of the seven pillars of abundance. So it's a very, very important part of life. And when you have your love life in alignment, all the other areas just flow a lot more easily. And I'm sure you've had it the other way. I know that when I had my love life out of alignment and I felt lonely or desperate or in a toxic relationship, it affected everything. So what we're going to talk about now before we bring on our awesome guest is how to find love after 40. I know that I got divorced in my 40s and I was told, oh, you're never going to find love again. You're too old, especially in Los Angeles. It's a city obsessed with youth. But these are some of the steps that I did to find love after 40. So the first thing is accept where you are. Embrace being single. I said, you know what, if I'm supposed to be single, I'm going to be the happiest single person ever. And I accepted it. I said, I just want to be around happy, loving people. It doesn't even have to be romantic. The second thing is know what you bring to the table. You don't have to settle. When you're in your 40s, you've had a lot of life experience, a lot of success. You know who you are and who you are not, and you know what you want. So you don't have to settle and know what you bring to the table, and you bring a lot to the table. 
The third thing is don't talk about the past. Do not trauma bond on your dates. When you go on the dates, don't be like, oh my God, my divorce, my breakup, my ex was a narcissist. Nobody wants to hear that. In your 40s and above, everybody has a past. Everyone's had bad breakups or divorces, but nobody wants to hear it. And in fact, don't badmouth your ex. I don't care if they were the worst person in the world and broke your heart and cost you a ton of money. Whatever you do, do not badmouth your ex. Maybe later in the relationship when you're already established, you can talk about what happened, but you don't want to talk badly about anyone on your first date. The next thing is treat everyone like an individual. Don't generalize. Don't say, oh, well, I only go out with guys who are like this and I don't like guys that are like that. You never know who's going to show up. And God has someone in mind for you that might not be who you think it's going to be. So try to be an open, have an open mind. When you go on your dates, be present. Don't be like, well, this person doesn't check, 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 check this box. If you agree to go on the date, you're there. Have an open heart and an open mind and listen and maybe it's not going to be your soulmate, but you can at least have a pleasant experience and see that person as an individual, not as a group of people. Not a, not, that's very dehumanizing when you're like, oh, I don't date people that are like this. So be open-minded. The next step is find the treasure in every conversation. So I believe everybody has something to teach us. If we listen, that is how the universe speaks to us. So whether you're in line at the grocery store, at a Starbucks, on a date, keep your ears open because maybe this person is going to give you a great tip. I know this sounds so silly, but I was talking to this guy when I was single and I, I could tell we weren't a match, but I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm vegan. And he's like, well, you should be eating a lot of uh, nutritional yeast. And I was like, I didn't even know what that was. I looked it up. It's a clean source of protein. And that little tidbit totally changed my health. So you don't know what the treasure is in each conversation until you really listen and get excited to find out what that treasure is. The next thing is to control your expectations. I know one of the hardest things about dating is for me, I had one itis. I thought everybody was the one. I was like, are you the one? 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 And because I had one itis, I was like, oh my God, I'm getting ready on this date with my future husband. And then when it was not my future husband, I was completely let down and crestfallen and oh my God, he's not out there. I'm always going to be alone. So if you manage your expectations before your date, it's going to be a lot easier. Instead of thinking that everyone is the one, why don't we just look forward to having a nice conversation with a new friend and see what happens from there. The next thing is as I said before, date outside your type and date outside your age group. You never know who is going to be your soulmate that is just outside of your age group or just outside of your type. So I had a certain type. I called it a Rebecca classic. And that type I went out with over and over and over again. You could line them up. They'd all look like brothers. But that type was not who I ended up marrying. I ended up marrying someone amazing, handsome, nice, kind, intelligent, smart, but he was not a traditional Rebecca classic. And I'm so glad that I was just open-minded and open-hearted. The next thing is don't play mind games. 
don't play the game of, oh, somebody texts me, I'm not going to return the text for two hours, or I'm not going to return the text for two days or four days, or all the crazy mind games and rules that are happening. There's the three-day rule for guys. Like when you get a girl's number, don't call her for three days. When you're in your 40s and above, guys, you do not need to play those kind of silly mind games. They're very juvenile, and they are not really honoring the other person's humanity. It's thinking of them as like a pawn in a chess game to get what you want. You don't need to play games. The next thing is don't expect one person to meet all of your needs. That is codependency. You can have a certain person for going to dinner and a movies. Maybe you have a friend who loves to play cards and your new boyfriend doesn't love to play cards. Well, you can play cards without your boyfriend. I love to play tennis and my husband loves to ski. He doesn't have to play tennis with me and I don't have to ski with them, with him. So not everyone is going to meet every need. And that's totally okay to have different people in your life to meet different needs. Don't do a social media or Google search on the person before the first date. Now, that is what my husband Ben said. He's like, I didn't want to search you on Google or social media because then I wouldn't get discover you organically. So if you really want to be in the moment and surprised and not have a preconceived notion about someone, do not look them up on social media or Google them. We are going to cut to a commercial break in just a couple seconds. I'm so excited. When we come back, we are going to hear from a love expert and international coach. Her name is Marie Elizabeth Molly. She's going to talk about the five elements of a happy relationship. My name is Rebecca Whitman. I'm your host for the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. We're coming to you live from the Bold Brave TV network, and we'll be back after a quick commercial break. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy sense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation author radio show host and coach john m hawkins reveals strategies to help gain perspective build confidence find clarity achieve goals john m hawkins new book Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. 
Welcome back. You are watching the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. We're taking you from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I'm your host, Rebecca Whitman, and we are live at the Bold Brave TV Network. Welcome to the show, Marie Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I loved every piece of your advice. Oh, thank you so much. Well, let me tell my audience a little bit about you. You have an amazing background. Marie Elizabeth Molly is a relationship transformation expert. She's a two-time TEDx speaker, and she's the host of the Relationship Alchemy podcast. She teaches women how to cultivate a deeper love and romantic relationships so they can be powerful and clear in the world. She has a master's in Chinese medicine. She has 20 years experience with clients, and she's been featured in such publications as Thrive Global, Yahoo Finance, Forbes, and she's also a published poet. Is it a love poem that you published? Oh, well, I have a book and an anthology that I co-edited. So love poems, all sorts of poems. All kinds of poems. So I think in a way, all poems are about love. Love, sex, and death. (laughs) Well, even death is love, right? If you use the French uh, definition of an orgasm, like it's a little death. (laughs) Absolutely. It's all love in the end. So tell us your story, Marie Elizabeth. Tell us like your origin story. How did you go from growing up in Manhattan to being a love international love coach? Well, I resonated so much with your part of the story where you told uh, about getting divorced in your 40s and you told you would never find love again because it was similar for me. Uh, I got divorced in my mid 40s. I had been already a health practitioner and a writer before that. And I read all the articles that said, oh, you'll never find love again because you're old and nobody wants you, you know, all of that. And so I had to do this deep dive both to work through that limiting belief, but also to work through all the shame and guilt and and pain I felt over ending my marriage. I was married to a wonderful man and it just wasn't uh, the connection wasn't what I needed long term. And I did, I dove into a deep study of relationships and sexuality that involved being trained as a coach around relationships. I already was a coach, but this was a very specific coaching program. And through that process, I just remembered how much I love coaching and how how fulfilling it is to see that light come on in people when they realize a spot where they've been shrinking or small or haven't given themselves permission even to want more to then give themselves that permission and want more and have and learn the skills to have more so that happened in around 2014 and i've been coaching people specifically around relationships ever since oh that's great so how did the Chinese medicine factor in to relationships or the five elements from Chinese medicine? And that is the title of the show, The Five Elements of a Happy Relationship. So let's let's go into that. Yeah, what I found as well, I, let me use a little metaphor of Western medicine versus Chinese medicine. So what happens with a lot of coaching is you tend to look at a symptom and target it act on it, kind of like a Western medicine doctor, that you treat a symptom, you give a medication, you change a behavior, and that's it. 
And what's so elegant and powerful about Chinese medicine is that Chinese medicine is more interested in the terrain that underlies the symptoms. So what is happening in the body, the emotions, and the spiritual to set up those symptoms to happen? So when the symptoms are acute, you treat them. In a relationship, if you're having chronic arguments, you address that. That's a symptom that needs to be treated. But if you don't treat the underlying conditions that are are having you have the chronic arguments, they're just going to keep happening. And so I I realized as I started working with people because and and working with the the under thing as I like to call it, with I started working with the under thing. I'm always interested in the terrain. Well, what is this? What are the patterns? What are the habitual thoughts? What are the habitual reactivities, the traumas that are setting up the relationship to feel this way or that way or that way? And so as I continued to evolve in how I was coaching people, I realized, oh, I'm totally still practicing Chinese medicine. It just looks different. And I developed these five elements of relationship alchemy to signal that there's a lot more that goes into having a great relationship than just learning how to listen. Like that's so basic, but that's only one element. You know, it's key. Communication is super important, but you can have great communication and still have a shitty relationship. So, yeah. uh, So that's where the five element work came from. So tell us what are the five elements and how do they pertain to relationships? Yeah. So the first element is wood. In, and in Chinese medicine, wood is is about direction. It's It relates to the season of spring. Uh, it's called the general. It's the one who really keeps you focused and going uh, with purpose. And so similarly in a relationship, it's important to know where you're headed. What is, what is your desire for the relationship? Both your personal and your own relationship. I call it your relationship polaris, your, your North Star. So what is your personal Polaris? What is your personal direction that you're heading in? And what is the relationship Polaris? What are you doing together? Is it casual? Are you headed toward a commitment? Do you want to get married? Do you want to have children? What's the purpose? So relationships work better when you know what that is. Yeah. Because then you it's in a certain lane and you can be in that lane. The second element I call uh, real talk. And this is the element around communication, listening. It relates to the heart channel or the heart element in Chinese medicine, which when it's out of balance, you'll tend to nervously talk too much. You'll tend to um, be fiery and uh, not be grounded. And so in the communication section, that's where I teach a lot of processes for how to really uh, continue a conversation clearly, even when your nervous system is activated, how to set up a challenging conversation in a way that it's likely going to go better, how to listen and make clear requests that are more likely to get heard with pleasure, uh, things like that. All of all of the communication stuff goes in that second element. The third element I call clear mind. And this relates to the spleen and it, which when it gets out of balance, you can tend to over worry, you get into overthinking and worry. And so clear mind, you want to have the, in this element, it's about your relationship with yourself. 
What is your self-talk doing? Uh, How are you relating to the contents of your mind? Do you believe every random thought that goes through your head and project it out on somebody or project it at yourself? Are you able to maintain a kind of clarity and allow your thoughts to go by? This is where learning how to clear your mind and relate to your more inconvenient and unhealed aspects with generosity and compassion and kindness and learn how to integrate those parts of you that might want to self-sabotage or act out or tell you some story that's going to make you do something dumb. Like that's where you handle that is in the clear mind section. And then the fourth element I call mastering the dance. This is really, it's it's the lungs and the large intestine. It's where we take in the world and release what we don't need. And so in this element in relationship, it's all about the balance of giving and receiving. It's all about like your seven pillars. It's all about how are the different pillars of your life working together? Are they flowing well together? Are you an overgiver? Are you a taker? How do you, what do you need to balance uh, to have that all of that work more effectively in your life, and uh, and all and in particular, I tend to look a lot at the balance between work and relationship for, because a lot of I'm I love my work, uh, and so I tend to attract women who who have a big thing to do in the world, and there's often a tension between how do I devote myself to my calling and also have a great relationship that can be a source of tension. So that gets addressed in the fourth element. And the final element I call uh, living from desire. It relates to the kidneys. It's all about giving ourselves permission for our desires and being rooted. So the kidneys are very much about your battery pack for life. It's your vitality, your energy. And our energy gets cut off in life when we don't attend to our desires, Mm, when we don't give ourselves... Right. And so we get more and more drained when we don't have pleasure, when we don't uh, ask for what we want in bed, when we don't give ourselves permission to be a wanting being. We get so many messages to truncate our desires from religion and culture and history and family. Like, don't want too much. Don't be high maintenance. Don't be demanding. All that has to be undone to actually find your relationship to your true desire. Cause I'm not also not talking about surface level desires. Like we, you know, that we're taught by advertising, like you got to have that purse or you got to have those shoes. I'm not talking about those level desires, although they're fabulous if you can afford them. But what I'm talking about is the deeper, more intrinsic desires that move you, that motivate you, that connect you to your own batteries and that give you fuel for your life. And so that's the water element, the final element in the five. I love that. So I was kind of like perusing your podcast a little bit and I found an episode on conflict resolution. So I was wondering if you could speak to how can people use your philosophy and relationships to have conflict resolution? The key is to recognize that, first of all, we have these nervous systems that respond to stress in different ways. So starting at square one, are you a person who gets super agitated 
if I start to get stressed or I start to feel heightened, I will, I will get, I go up. In other words, I get anxious. I get faster. I get critical. I get nitpicky. My partner is the opposite. If he starts to get stressed out, he slows down. He gets more deliberate. He's an engineer by training. There's a reason he was an engineer. He became an engineer because he gets deliberate. He looks at all the options. He doesn't want to make a mistake. He moves really slowly. So as you can imagine, our two styles of responding to adversity are primed just to clash with one another. And until we figured that out, we did. (laughs) And so I think a key foundation to being able to navigate conflict more effectively is to first get clear on your own stress style, then get clear on the stress style of your partner, and then come into a sense of teamwork around those styles. And what I mean by that is if I notice myself starting to speed up, I'll I'll let him know, like, hey, I'm starting to speed up. I'm stressed out. Like, just don't take, if if I snap at you, don't take it personally. So like we just had fights off at the pass with with, mm-hmm. with things like that, where we're just letting each other, I call it safe porting, where we're safe porting each other, which means you're letting somebody know in advance of the thing what's gonna what's happening, right? And if the second piece is if you don't notice that you're ramping up or slowing down, say, but your partner notices it, instead of judging each other there, you say, Hey, I notice. You're going into your stress pattern. What do you need? How can I help? Instead of like, stop being a dick, right? So a lot of conflicts can be averted by by knowing your stress style, knowing the stress style of your partner, being self-responsible about reporting your state, being self-responsible about taking a time out if you are no longer able to stay clear in a conversation, letting them know you'll be back, and because if they have an abandonment thing and you just storm out of the room because you need a timeout, you're going to trigger their thing and yep, then it's going to be worse. That's me. Yes. I'm a recovering yeah. abandonment person. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to say like, hey, I, I'm getting activated. I need a timeout. I'll be back when I've recentered myself. And then you recenter yourself and come back and have the conversation when both of you can stay in a more centered and generous place. And I love those questions. What do you need and how can I help? So if you're listening to this, those are two big questions that you can use in any conflict, not just with a romantic partner, with a coworker, with a friend, because when you really are there for the person and you want a resolution to the conflict, what do you need? How can I help are great questions. And it's all about coming from the foundation that you're on the same team. That's another yeah. root of my philosophy is, and I didn't know that natively. It doesn't natively come to me that we are going to be on the same team. It's not what was modeled growing up. It's not what you see in movies or TV. So I, I had to really learn this with Patrick in our relationship where he he would say, like, I'm literally on your team here. Why are you fighting me? <laughs> you know, and and over the past seven years, we've just evolved this way of being able to come back to same team, even when we disagree. 
And I recommend I have people name their teams because it's a great pattern interrupt and, and you can inject some playfulness. This is another part of handling conflict is things start to get heated and whoever's, you know, more res- well resourced in the moment and less jacked in the nervous system department in the moment can say, whoa, 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 hey, same team, like we're we're team love bomb, remember? Like our our team is named Team Love Bomb. So like <laughs> so one of us will say, Hey, hey, team love bomb. And that'll kind of <laughs> ratchet down the escalation. And so That's I great. recommend that too. So I, I have lots of ways of dealing with conflict. What's that? I said we already have a, a team name, uh, because his name is Ben and I'm Rebecca, so we're Beneca. <laughs> That's perfect. So I just need team to let Beneca. Him Yes. Yeah. If we get into a heated moment, I'll be like, this is Team Beneka here. Yeah. And what do we need to do to remember that we're on the same team right now? How do we need to look at the situation differently? One last thing about that is you can sit. It's more effective if you are having a contentious conversation. It's more effective to sit next to each other on the couch and look and and imagine that the problem is on the table in front of you if you have if you have a coffee table uh because then again that reinforces the physical sensation of same team like you're all, literally on the bench looking at the thing together as opposed to when you are sitting across from the table from each other that can reinforce adversary that can reinforce win lose that can reinforce top down you know and so if you notice that, let's say you're at a restaurant and you start having a snit and there's space to move, one of you could choose to move to be next to each other and no longer across and see what that does for the conversation. Maybe that shifts the energetic in a certain way that you can continue having the conversation and, and stay for the rest of your dinner instead of having to cut it short. That's a great hack. And I think that's great to do anyway. I think it's so sweet to sit next to the person during dinner and then you're kind of like looking out together, but yet you're close, you can share food. It's perfect. Yeah. So what about, you mentioned before, you teach women how to ask for what they want. Um, What is your formula for that? And what is the difference in your opinion between a demand and a request? So the formula is, first of all, you got to get right with your own desire. Like if you have any shame or uh, reticence or or you or you have a belief, even if you have evidence for this belief, it doesn't mean it's necessarily true. If you have a belief that, oh, I ask, 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 and I never get what I want, or I've asked them 10 times for this thing and they never do it. If you have that kind of undercurrent of resentment going on underneath the request that's going to affect their ability to hear it. And if you are not right with your own desire, if you have shame around asking, or if you have a belief that I'm independent and strong and shouldn't need help, if you think it's a sign of weakness to ask for help or to ask for anything, all of that stuff you got to work out within yourself. This is in the clear mind element. You got to work those patterns out within yourself so that you can be really right with being a wanting person and having a request just because you don't have to exhaust yourself to deserve to ask for help. You don't have to break your leg to 
deserve to have somebody bring you a glass of water, you could just ask for a glass of water because you don't feel like getting up, <laughs> you know? So that's the first part, get right with it. The second part is to check in to see if it's a good time. Because a lot of times, those of us, again, if we have any discomfort with asking, we'll often wait till a really inopportune time to ask, and then the partner will not respond well, and it'll reinforce the belief that we can't have what we want. So if your partner is in the midst of doing something else that requires their attention, it's probably not the best time to ask. But you could say, hey, I've got a, I've got a request or I've got something to ask you. Is this a good time? And that cues the listener to either say, no, I'm, I'm engrossed in this thing. Can you ask me later? Or to stop what they're doing and give you their full attention. Any request that is made when you have the person's full attention is going to tend to go better. And then the third piece is to give the request in as little language as possible, as few words as possible. What happens for a lot of us, especially those of us who are uncomfortable with making requests in the first place, is we'll pad a lot of justification and reasoning on top of it. So that sounds like, hey, would you get me a glass of water because the cat's on my lap and my feet are up because I hurt my ankle earlier today and and I just, you know, I don't want to get up and I don't want to disturb the cat. And so could you just like by the time you get to the end of the litany, they're like, what, what, what did she want again? Like, it's like, do I do I respond to the emotional undertone of what's happening or do I respond to the request that I've already forgotten? Right. So keep it simple. Hey, would you bring me a glass of water, please? And then zip it. You work out your own discomfort in here, your justifications and your, that happens in here. You don't have to give them all that. Uh, what was the second part of your question? Because that was the three oh, parts. I just of- wanted to comment on oh, that. Yes, one, of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite relationship coaches, Dr. Pat Allen, she says that men tune out after the first soundbite. So oh, yeah. if you go on and on and on and on and on, they're just going to be like glazed over eyes. Like they can't even like focus that long. So whatever yeah. you want, whatever request, get it out within the first soundbite so you can actually have their attention. That's beautiful. And let's, and if you're uh, in a woman in relationship yeah, with a woman, way. What's going to happen is because women, we're so tuned into the emotional undercurrents of things, is if you're in a relationship with a woman, it might be that your woman might get distracted by what's happening emotionally and and want to tend to that and then not hear the request because they're like, are you okay? (laughs) You know, they start, they go down that road, right? So So no matter the gender of the partner, there are varying reasons why you want to keep it simple, to the point, as few words as possible, with no justifications, no padding. That's just to your own discomfort. And that's your job to deal with, not theirs. And the difference between a demand and a request, which was the second part I just remembered, uh, you'll know that you were making a demand when you punish them or get angry if they say no. So a true request has room in it for a yes or a no on the other person's side. That is good. That's that's worth repeating. A true request has room for a yes or a no. So you're not demanding it. You're not attached to whether they comply or not. You're simply requesting. 
That's a request. And so the way you catch yourself, if you have a habit of making demands, because what happens is if you make a lot of demands, it tends to not feel that great to the other person. And so you'll be met with pushback. Well, I don't really want to do that. I can't do that right now. But if they know that they're not going to be punished for saying no, then they can be more real with you. And their yes begins to actually have meaning. Because if you're in a relationship where the only option is yes, or else you get punished or or somehow, you know, criticized uh, or, or, or resented, then you, you there isn't really room for you to have a true yes and a too, true no. And to me, the most beautiful relationships occur when both partners own their yes and their no and give each other room to exercise both. Then you're having sovereignty. Then you're not in codependence. Then you're actually in an adult relationship that's generative and growth oriented and you can work stuff out. You can be on the same team because you're not mucking around and trying to control each other. Exactly. So in your opinion, what is the difference between a healthy relationship and a codependence? When a codependence, a codependent relationship, you're how the other person behaves determines how you feel. Mm -hmm. So you need them to be a certain way for you to be okay. I mean, there's lots of definitions. I probably should look up the proper one, but no, but I want your definition, right? That's just what comes to mind. When you ask me the question, that's what downloads and comes out my mouth. It's like, you need the other person to be a certain way for you to be okay. And a healthy relationship is you're okay because you do your own work to be okay. And the other person, the love that you share with another person is like gravy. It adds to it. It expands your pleasure and enjoyment and and enrichment of life. But you're not dependent on that person to be a certain way with you for you to feel okay about yourself. That's your job. Exactly. It's so important for women or men who are listening to be happy unto themselves, to be fully actualized people. And then when they bring their whole self to the relationship, then it's two people that are fully actualized that enhance each other's life versus two like people that are just relying on the other person to be okay. And uh, it can be very draining. It can be very draining. And I don't want to shame anybody that's in that situation now because it is a stage of development. Yes. But my invitation is to is is to say, you know what, there's there is a relationship past that that's possible. So if you notice that's where you are now. Awesome. Awareness is the first step to change. You know what your work is. you got to shore up your sense of self and you can have more than you have now. Absolutely. That is so beautiful. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I am going to cut to a commercial break and we're going to come back and ask one more question and then talk about how we can stay in touch with you. My name is Rebecca Whitman. You have been watching the Balanced, Beautiful and Abundant show. We're talking about love and we are with expert love coach, relationship guru, Marie Elizabeth Molly. Don't go anywhere after this break. We're going to come back with some more pearls of wisdom that can help your love life. We'll see you in a couple minutes. 
you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating. Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like... I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. Yeah, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Rebecca Whitman, your host of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show, where we're taking you from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Today, we've been talking about love with relationship expert, Marie Elizabeth Molly. So first of all, I forgot to congratulate you because you got engaged just a couple months ago over the summer. Yes, I did. Yeah, we've been together almost seven years, and it's really fun to be taking this next step. So tell tell us about his proposal. Oh, it was a blast. We so we met originally in this personal growth community where I was studying relationships and he was too. And there there was something we used to do in that community that was called relationship research. So you'd pick a partner, you'd set a time container like 7 days, 2 weeks, a month, and you'd pick a topic of research. And it was with the purpose of getting better in areas where you tend to be weak. Uh, And so we began as research partners. And what we found after a couple of months of doing different kinds of research with each other was that we each held each other's vulnerabilities really beautifully. And we just, we fell in love and became a couple. Uh, And here we are almost seven years later. And what he did was he got down on one, he put a lab coat on. We were out to dinner with friends in LA and he put a lab coat on. I'm like, what are you doing with a lab coat? And he got down on one knee with a a lab coat in his hand and a Tiffany box on top of it. And he said, you know, we started our relationship as research partners and I want to take our relationship to the next level and research marriage and be lab partners for life. Aww. The sweetest thing. So then I put on my lab coat and put on my ring and, you know, 
And here we are, we're lab partners for life. And That's what I love nice. about that, I mean, first of all, it's just so quintessentially him. I, I loved it. But it's also a very deep principle that's uh, at the core of my work as well, which is uh, relationships are a means by which we learn about ourselves and can heal and become more whole people. We don't have to perfect ourselves before we get into a relationship. That's a fallacy. And it's impossible because there's stuff that's just not going to come up until you're confronted by it, by another person in your face doing something you don't like or whatever. So uh, I, I really believe in a research and iterative approach to our relationships where we try stuff and and bomb and and succeed and but where there there's room for play and for learning and for growth. I feel like the whole romantic schlock we're fed by media and TV uh, just sets us up to fail because that's just not an effective foundation for a relationship. I love that because life is research, not just romance. I mean, I like to say that if you go for it and try new things, either one of two things will happen. You'll either win or you're le- you will learn. There's no failure. There's, there's no loss. So this brings me to my final question. How does having a happy romantic relationship help women be more powerful and clear in their lives? Oh, I love this one because... As powerful women, I think we sometimes forget how important it is to learn how to receive and to not feel like we have to do everything ourselves all the time. And so when we have a happy, loving relationship and we can more effectively shift our our own energy from production, from doing in the world to receiving, to luxuriating, to pleasure, to softening. Our whole lives work better. Things magically come. You don't have to effort as much. And the love in a healthy relationship can teach us, can provide that that foundation that a lot of us maybe never had, that we are loved, we're supported, we deserve to receive we can soften and allow ourselves to be held. It's not the only mode. It's not like you lay on your back your whole life and eat bonbons. It's like, but you learn how to more effectively switch back and forth. You, be, you, you expand your own capacity and range and inhabiting of your own energy. And a relationship, a really beautiful relationship can teach you how to more effectively expand that range for yourself and be more clear in the world because you know you're loved and you and you know you can be powerful and strong when that's needed. And you know you can be receptive and soft and juicy and luscious when that's needed. That is so true. And if you're listening to this and you're not in a relationship, know that you are loved whether it's by me, Marie Elizabeth, your higher power, whatever you choose to call it, the universe, your friends, people think when they're single that they're not loved, but they're, they're so loved. And when you just tap into all the love in your life, you do feel like you're safe and that you can be clear and ready to receive. I know your dog's barking, so we're going to wrap it up soon. So this was an amazing, yeah, go ahead. Can I just say a quick word about that? Um, Sure. Which is 
that it it does also come back to how we love ourselves. So you, yeah. if you are single, you practice feeling the love in your life from other people mm-hmm. and practice treating yourself with love, which is often the final frontier for many of us. What is the kind thing you could say to yourself? What is the gesture that would feel good to you? Instead of browbeating yourself to do something, what is the gentler way? Learning to do that when you're single, it's such a potent and powerful practice that you'll be ahead of the game once you get into a relationship with somebody because you'll already have practiced receiving generously and kindly because you've taught yourself to do that with yourself. And to to build on that point of practicing loving self-talk, you attract who you are, not who you want. So if you are in the practice of talking lovingly to yourself, you are more likely to attract someone who speaks lovingly to you. If you speak to yourself in a very perfectionistic, you're not doing it right, you're not doing enough tone, you are going to attract a hypercritical partner, which is exactly what happened to me as a recovering perfectionist. But that's, we have to continue that on your podcast because we're running (laughs) out of time. That's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, so just to end this beautiful conversation, ladies, single, married, men, everyone listening, bi, straight, gay, lesbian, talk lovingly to yourself and that will help you be more powerful and clear in your life. So this has been an amazing conversation, Marie Elizabeth. How can people stay in touch with you? Well, a great place to start is my website, which is Relationship Alchemy or Instagram, uh, any of the socials, it's Relationship Alchemy, M-E-M, my initials. And I have an assessment for both single and partnered people. Uh, So when you go to my website, you can see a link there to take this four to five minute self-assessment that shows you really quickly what's working well in how you relate and where to put your attention to for your next expansion to have it work better. And so I have a each assessment, single and partnered, is is accessible right there on the homepage. Oh my God, I love quizzes. So everybody find her on Instagram, find her uh, website. It's all the same, right? Relationship Alchemy. It's also going to be in the show notes. If you are listening to this on Apple or Spotify, take a screenshot, tag me, Rebecca E. Whitman on Instagram, tag Relationship Alchemy. We'll give you a shout out. If you have any questions about this, you can DM me or or Marie Elizabeth under Relationship Alchemy. We so appreciate you. If you could take 60 seconds out of your day and share this with a friend, maybe you have someone who's struggling, know someone that's wanting to have a relationship, or maybe they're in a relationship that's not harmonious, please be a good friend and share this episode. Because I think this can help a lot of people in their love life and even in just feeling good about being single. So we really love our listeners. And if you don't mind giving us a five-star review and subscribing, we would so appreciate that. Thank you so much, Marie Elizabeth. I appreciate your time. I know you took like an international flight within the last 24 hours and you showed up on this podcast and you delivered us so much, so much knowledge. So I appreciate your time and I look forward to seeing you very soon. Thank you. Likewise. Take care.
So everyone, this concludes another wonderful episode of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. If you are listening to this and wanting to know how you can break through, maybe you feel stuck in your love life. Maybe you feel that you're in a toxic relationship and you don't know how to get out. Maybe you've been on a million internet dates like I did and you can't find the person. Let's get on a breakthrough call. I will give you a free 45-minute breakthrough call. This has a $500 value. My schedule is very, very booked, but I will open up three slots next week. So make sure you go to the link tree link to book that breakthrough call and let's get you unstuck. Could be in your love life. Maybe it's in your health. Maybe you can't lose that last 10 or 15 pounds, or maybe it's in your finances. Maybe you are feeling the inflation of gas and groceries and all the instability in your financial life. And a lot of people are silently quitting their jobs. They're they're just not into it anymore. And if you're looking for an exit strategy, be sure to check out my free masterclass. It's called The Five Shifts to Creating a Six-Figure Side Hustle. So this is a free class. It's 45 minutes. Take notes. These are the five shifts that I've done to be able to make a six-figure income working part-time for the last almost 20 years. And I want you to have it for free. It's my gift to you. I also have a wonderful gift if you're interested called an abundance journal. So this journal is something that I have been doing for the past 30 years. I found out about it when I was a teenager. I have been doing this journal almost every day and it has helped me so much have a positive mindset that when life lives, because stuff's going to happen, this is life, I can reframe it. So when you reframe things from scarcity to abundance, you're going to attract more abundance, whether that's abundance of health, love, or money. I'm also offering $10 off an award-winning anti-aging collagen to all my listeners. I know collagen is a big buzzword right now. If you take it in powder or pills, only 30% at best is getting into your cells because it has to go through your digestive system. System. This is award-winning liquid collagen mixed with hyaluronic acid. It's smaller than your cells. It's a liquid. It tastes great. So it goes right into your cells. There's two formulas. One is for fat loss. So if you're looking to lose some fat and gain some muscle, this formula has completely changed my life. I've been able to drop four sizes. I've gone from a size a 10, 12 to a size four, six. I never thought I'd be this small again. It's amazing. And we also have an anti-aging version, which is great for hair, skin, nails, joint support. If you have sore joints, this is an amazing life-changing product. So make sure you go to the link tree link to get your $10 off coupon code. And finally, save the date. We're here next week, same time, Thursdays, 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern, with an, another amazing guest. They're going to be teaching you how to go from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. My name is Rebecca Whitman. It's been a pleasure and a joy being your host. And I look forward to seeing you next week on the Bold Brave TV network. Until I see you again, keep your vibe high and your hands clean. Bye-bye. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, 
you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them. Please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant. It's cold and living my life like it's cold.